Okay, I'm going to open up with a question, and I want you to be truthful, and I don't want you to look around and see who else is raising their hand and not raising their hand, but this is, this is for your own, this is just for your own edification. I just feel like the Lord say, raise your hand if in the past two weeks you use the believer's authority in a situation. Come on, church. I... I just, and that's encouraging to me that you guys are using it, and I know that the Lord, we've been doing this series for a long time, and I just feel like we're almost there, we're almost to the end, but I'm not quite there yet, we haven't been released to move on, and I believe he has not released us because the honest to goodness, now maybe some of you didn't raise your hand, one, because you have no idea about the series, or two, maybe because you didn't do it, or three, maybe you're just not there yet, but the Lord is saying he wants every hand to go up. In fact, he wants every hand to go up every day. I said in the past couple weeks, I'm, there is, when you walk through life, with this revelation that the Lord has given us through his word, it's not like we're the first ones to get it, right? The believer's authority has been talked about for many, many years. It's, a, it's, it's in the Bible, right? But what the Lord has done, he is showing Liz and I And even my kids, like literally every single day I come into contact with a situation in which the Lord has said the believer's authority you can use right here, right now. And for so long I would walk around, you know, thinking, ah, I better put that on the prayer list, right? Better put that in my prayer journal. I better ask somebody else to pray for me for this situation. All of those things are good. But what the Lord wants us to recognize here, there are situations and circumstances that the Bible clearly says that we can take authority over because of him and because of what he has done. And I want this to be a daily occurrence in our life. And so I have an example that I got to use last night. So how many of you ever had a Charlie horse? Oh, yeah. Okay, so last night. So every, every evening before I go to bed, my little guy and I, Jairus and I, we say a scripture to each other. In fact, I just mentioned it uh, to somebody at the break. It says, in peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Now, if I really believe that verse, in which I do, it says, in peace, I will lie down and sleep. Well, a Charlie horse, there is no peace about a Charlie horse in your calf muscle. Okay, and you guys know the ones I'm talking about, where it tightens up like a rock, right? And it feels like you literally break something with how tight your calf is. And so last night, in the middle of the night, I'm just, I'm, my sleep is so sweet right now. Mm. And I don't know if I moved or I stretched, and then I felt it. Right, it's like, and it just tensed up. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Right? You know, you're doing these, one of these things. No, 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 no. Right? And I'm up. I don't know what. I think Liz might have been, she went down to the couch because she hasn't been feeling well. Right? And I was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, the believer's authority. Come on, church. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. Well, that Charlie horse is messing with my sleep. And that is not from the Lord. Now, if he woke me up in some way because he wanted me to pray for something, I was like, Lord, you want me to pray for somebody? Nope. Okay. Then this thing is disturbing my sleep. And so I literally, gingerly, you know, like, oh, in the name of Jesus, I tell you to go. Cramp be gone in Jesus' name because my sleep will be sweet. And literally, as I began to put my hand down my leg, it began to subside. And by the time within maybe 15 seconds, 
it was gone. And in the morning, if you ever have a Charlie horse of significant portions, in the morning you wake up and you're, you're doing one of these like, oh, right? You're feeling it tonight. Church. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. There is no pain in my leg. I don't feel any tightness. I don't need to stretch it all day. But the Lord just reminded me like, Every day, every, if something comes and tries to steal your peace or your joy or your situation or your finances or your relationship, the Lord is saying, use the believer's authority. And use it right away. Don't wait around. Don't think about it for a while. Get on it and use it. And I have another example that I'm going to give you guys here in a little bit. Open your Bibles up to Ephesians chapter 2. I gave you homework last week. So what we've been doing is we've been going through the prayers of activation in Ephesians. There's three of them. There's one in Ephesians 1, in 2, and in in Ephesians 3. We did one last week. We're going to do Ephesians 2 this week. Uh, Is it Tyler? Tyler, I appreciate you wearing the shirt today, man. He's got a shirt that has Ephesians 1.20 on the back of it. I was like, not only did he do his homework, he's wearing his homework. For goodness sakes, man, the boy was listening. I love it. Okay, so open up to Ephesians 2. I'm going to read kind of the key scripture out of Mark 16. I know, Glenn, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. You guys can open to Ephesians 2, but I'm just going to read out of Mark 16. This has been our verse we've been standing on. The Lord said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. So, the believer's authority, in the name of Jesus, day in, day out, week in, week out, these things will follow us as we activate the authority God has given us. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them, including a cramp. Come on. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And this word here, we've been talking about believer. This word believer is anyone who holds a strong, unwavering belief in the truth of something. And I say that definition over and over and over. But until you actually believe, you're going to be, one, either hesitant to use the believer's authority, or number two, there's no faith behind the believer's authority, and you're just saying words. How many of you know, you can just say words. But if you don't believe in faith that those words have power because they are from the word of God, then you're just saying words. You could say in the name of Jesus all you want every day if you don't actually believe. So the question I have for you this morning is, do you believe? Do you believe so much in this promise that God has given us to be able to use? Do you believe in it as much as you believe in gravity? I bet you everyone everyone in here knows what gravity is, and you fully believe that if I would jump off this stage, I would go down. Right? You believe it. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, if I said, how many of you don't believe that if I jumped off of here, that I wouldn't go down, that I would just, what, levitate or hover somewhere? You'd be like, that's ridiculous. Pastor Jason, that's crazy. Of course I believe. It's called gravity. It's a law. It's a law that's out there and it works and it happens. It's why I don't jump off a building. It's why I don't jump off of bridges. It's why I don't jump out of airplanes. Because what is up is going to come down because of gravity. 
Well, church, the believer's authority is a law in the word of God that is so real and so true, you have to believe it as much as you believe in gravity. And this, the gravitas, the gravity of this is even more important than the gravity of me jumping off the stage and going down and hitting the floor. And I thought about actually doing that. I thought about actually doing it. I don't do it. I got some do it, don't do it. But you guys, you know what would happen if I would jump off here. I would go down. So we have to understand, church, the gravity, that law that we believe in, that we actually position our lives around, do we not? Right? Come on, you don't jump off the top of the stairs to get downstairs. You're like, hmm, gravity's going to take me down pretty quickly. I'm going to use the stairs today. Right? Like you do that without even thinking. You do that without even acting. Like if you are even just wherever you're at, if you're on the top of a mountain, like this is a beautiful view, I need to get down a little bit quicker, I'm just going to jump off. <laughs> Nobody, no, you don't do that. Unless you got a parachute and you're some crazy, you know, you know, mountain climber type person. You don't do that because you believe in gravity. You orchestrate your lives around it. And as you get older, you understand, man, I feel like I'm getting a little shorter. Gravity's real. Man, I was like 5'8 at one time. Okay? Gravity's real. But so is the believer's authority. You have to understand. This is what God has for us. And he's calling us to use it. And I've done teaching after teaching about it. And these last couple weeks, I wanted to be activating us. I want to activate our church, this congregation, into using the believer's authority day in and day out. So what is authority? Authority is this delegated power. It's delegated to God, to us, and it's the right to command and enforce obedience. You have the right to command it because of who's backing it. And God is backing it with his power. Now I've got a funny, well I don't know how funny it is. The story on, it was, was it Friday or Thursday? I can't remember. Lila, who was our 16-year-old, she is going to get her driver's permit. And we thought that we had all the information filled out correctly on the driver's permit application. And so we went into the DMV, and I got to the front, and I said, hey, we're here for this. This is Lila. She's my daughter. We're here to take the driver's test. And the person picked up the application right at the front thing, she goes like this. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. I don't know about this. I'm like, you don't know about what? It's an application. It's like, it's very simple. She's like, well, this physical you have here, I see that it was signed by a nurse practitioner, but it looks like a digital signature, and we don't accept those. And I was like, What? What, what world are we living in? We're like, we're in the digital age. I'm like, just like, no, this is her. Like, she signed this digitally. She did, the, she did the physical. She's like, no, this has to be in ink. Like, wet ink. And I was like, what? And I was like, well, just ask somebody. Maybe it'll be okay. Like, I know her. I can call her right now. If I call her and say, did you actually do this physical? And I hand you the phone, and she's, will you then let me? They're like, mm-mm. And so she walks in the back, and she was very nice, but she was like, mm, it's not going to happen. And so she sends somebody else up to tell me no. And this person walked up 
with authority. I mean, she walked right up. She didn't even say many words. It was one word. No. Lila and I are like, what? She's like, no. I'm like, okay. So the authority she had, she had authority to tell me no. I could not progress any further. She said no. This is just a woman at the DMV. But she is backed by the authority that she had to say, no, you are not moving forward. You are not finishing what you came here for. You have to leave. You have to leave. Church, we have the backing and the authority of God Almighty. And when a situation comes up, we put our foot down and we say, "Mm, no. You are not progressing any further. You are not moving any further. And no matter what you try to do or if phone calls you try to make or try to go around the system, no. You cannot move forward in Jesus' name. And so the same authority that I witnessed at the DMV, God has given us the spiritual authority to take charge of these situations and say, "Uh uh-uh, no, because I've got delegated power. That woman had delegated power, and she was using it. And it wasn't a whole lot of words. Oh, sir. Like, I wish she would have done this, you know. Oh, sir, I'm so sorry about this. And really, you know, there's issues with people duplicating signatures. And if it's not real, I mean, I could have signed it in ink myself, right? I mean, it's like, what is going on? Like, you can forge someone's signature just easy. I could scan it. Like, she was having none of it. Didn't matter. What did she say? No. No. Interesting, the no, it kind of arrested me for a second. Like, it arrested my attention, right? Because I was expecting a long explanation, a sincere one. I'm so sorry this happened. I'm so, Lila, you know, what a sweet child you are. I know you you were looking forward so much to this day, and you were stressed about it, and you were really working on it. I know you have little nervous butterflies in your tummy about taking this test, and I'm so sorry you'll have to come back at another time. No. There was no emotion in it. There was no care in it. And in our believer's authority, we don't have to walk around with a bunch of emotion and care. And we don't have to explain to the devil on why he can't stay and this and that. We just say no in Jesus' name and he has to go. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. I fleed the DMV. I was out of there. I was gone. I had to go. What am I going to do? Like force myself past her? I couldn't. She had authority. And if I did, what would have happened? I would have got arrested. And so the enemy cannot move forward in your life in these situations. And we have to say no in Jesus' name. Our righteousness and authority, church, listen to this, are both unfair and undeserved, but they're ours. Our righteousness, what Jesus did on the cross, And our authority, what he delegated to us, is actually unfair and undeserved. I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. It's not fair why we get it and a non-believer doesn't. None of that matters. Because guess what? It's ours. It's ours, it's ours, it's ours. We have it. And because we have it, we need to use it. 
And I want to I go through Ephesians 2 here and activate you here in just a minute. I want to give you another example that happened this week. So our sweet Anna, who, is, who turned 21 this weekend, and uh, we didn't get a chance to go visit her. She lives up in Rochester, New York. She's a professional ballet dancer. She's an amazing, lovely girl. And this was, the, her birthday was Saturday, so this was Friday night. And, man, we just had the DMV thing happen, too. So, I mean, this is like a crazy day. So, Friday night, uh, I don't know the sequence of events that happened, but Friday night at some point, Anna, unbeknownst to us, wasn't feeling well. And she turned her phone off, and she put on silent mode or airplane mode or whatever, and she went to bed, like, super early. I didn't know this was happening. And what began to occur is Liz tried to call Anna, and we knew she was out. She was out dancing. She was teaching somewhere. She was out somewhere in Rochester, the last we knew. And we tried to call her, and the phone went right to voicemail. Then we would text her. No response. Which 21-year-old do you know, if you text them, does not respond nearly immediately? Like, there's probably very few. Like, this is how they communicate. Even if they're sleeping, ding, right? And so, no text message back. So, of course, we have the, you know, handy-dandy iPhones, and I have the Find Your iPhone app, in which I can ding another person's phone that's in my circle of friends and family to really get their attention. How many have used the Find Your iPhone app? This thing's amazing. Like, if you lost your phone, whatever, you can ding it. Even if it's on silent, it starts making noises. I'm like, I'm going to ding Anna. Where is she? What is going on? So I hit the button. Ding, ding, ding. Doesn't return the call. Doesn't return the text. Now, as a father and as her mother... We have a choice to make. Do we start panicking? Or do we trust God? And I'll tell you, that walk that we had to go on for just an hour or two before we fell asleep was real. And what began to happen is we're just like, okay, she's probably, and we didn't know this at the time, but we're saying she probably wasn't feeling well. She's probably just at home. I can't find her phone. Everything's shut off. I can't tell where she's at. She's not responding. But I'm believing that she is safe, she is whole, and she's at home, and she's just resting. And I began to quote scriptures saying, you know what? She will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And, you know, you say all the scriptures, you get some peace, and I went to sleep. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. And the enemy woke me up hour after hour after hour after hour that night, saying, you're going to hear a knock on the door soon. It's going to be the police. You're going to get that phone call that you dread. And he began to give me these imaginations of terror, of fear, of death, of destruction. Like, <laughs> she didn't even make it to her 21st birthday. It was her last night being 20 before she was turning 21. And it was issue. I mean, he was just whispering lie after lie after lie. And every time he did, I said no in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that thought. And I literally, you know that verse, we take captive every thought? 
I was actually doing that all through the night. Because he wouldn't relent until I finally stood up and said, no, in Jesus' name. Anna is fine, she is healthy, she is whole, she will respond in the morning, and I'm going to get some sleep in Jesus' name. Satan and all your lies, go and get out of here. And I was able to go back to sleep and rest. And I woke up in the morning, still a little like, like, girl, where you at? (laughs) Right? Girl, where you at? Come on, give your dad a little hello. Right? So I give, you know, happy birthday, Anna. Love you. Happy 21st. I waited till 8 o'clock. I was saying something. I wanted to set it at 5.52. I waited till 8 o'clock. She still didn't respond. And the enemy was like, the call's coming. The knock's going to happen. I was like, that is. And at this point, now I'm just mad. Not at Not at Anna. Of course, I did ask her to, you know, let me know next time before she shuts her phone off. Because, yeah, that walk of faith was fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic growth moment for me. Anna, thank you very much. But in the meantime, if you are going to go to bed because you don't feel well, and you're shutting your phone off at 8 o'clock, just a little text. I love you, Dad. Don't feel well going to bed. That's all I'm asking in the future. Thank you. Okay. But at 8 a.m., I send them, and it's like... I'm like, come on. And I was like, you know what? I had planned to get Jairus up and go get some donuts. You know what I did? I got up, I woke Jairus up, and we went and got donuts. I didn't mention it one time to him. I didn't say one thing to him. I was like, you know what? And it's fine. And by the time we got back home, she texted back, hey, Dad, love you. Thank you for the birthday wishes. Three hearts. And my heart was just like, oh. right? But don't we all have situations like that? in our lives, ones that are serious and they feel, and then the enemy just begins to lie and to whisper, and we have to say no in Jesus' name. We have to take authority over those thoughts, say, that thought is not of me. Can you know that the Lord, God does not speak in destruction and fear? You want to learn how to discern the voice of the Lord? If you begin to hear this something like in your spirit that is about death, destruction and if you don't do this someone's going to die and you like that is not how the lord speaks that is from the enemy and we have to be able to discern that voice and when we hear it it's not of him we say just like the lady at the dmv "Mm, no in jesus name and i'll tell you guys you will have you this will be about you'll have these challenges in this world you will have tribulation but take heart i have overcome it all jesus said so we, we will have these situations, and we need to use our believer's authority. Okay, Ephesians 2. Talking about activating the light bulb. I'm not going to go back through all that, but Ephesians 2. So here we go. I want to walk through verse 1 through 10. Your homework again, in case I forget, is to just to read this uh, a couple times this week as I ask you to read the prayer to Ephesians 1. It says this in verse 1. In you he made alive. Come on, church. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. The very first, the very first fundamental foundation of this believer's authority is because of what Jesus did for us. Plain and simple. We were dead and now we are alive. We were dead but now we are alive. We are alive in him because of who he is and what he's done. 
And I love the, how they use the past tense. We're dead. That's not where I'm at anymore. I also want to encourage you, we've been doing this uh, Bible study, and it said, we need to stop saying, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You are. You're a sinner saved by grace, but that's not all you are. Don't stay there. That is not your identity. That's not who you are. Oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That means someone who just goes around and continues to sin and have God's grace covered. No, we are his workmanship. We are part of his family. Our identity is far more than just a sinner who is saved by grace. That's just a portion of it. And part of our identity is that we can walk around with a believer's authority. And we are so much more than just a sinner saved by grace. Verse 2, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. Been there. And sometimes, church, I think a lot of us, including myself, have to take a look in the mirror sometimes and say, am I walking again? Have I fallen back in? Have I slipped back into walking according to the course of this world? The Bible calls us to be different. The Bible calls us to be not normal. The Bible calls us to be a light unto the world. If we look and act, more importantly, and speak the same way an unbeliever speaks, we need to take inventory of that in our lives. If the top ten shows you're watching are the same top ten shows that are on Netflix across the country, you need to ask the Lord, should I be watching these shows? Come on, guys. The most popular series on Prime or wherever, before you click play and get sucked in to the drama and excitement, I mean, they're good shows, I mean, because they're entertaining. But they're not God shows. And they're not what God wants us to. He wants us to be different. So we have to take this verse and say, hey, I want to see the believer's authority work, but I also have to say, I once walked. I once walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. I don't want to walk that way. I don't want to walk that way. There's a difference between, is there a difference between you and your fellow neighbor who's a non-Christian. Do you fear the Lord? Come on, church. Is there an awe and a reverence? Do you fear the Lord? He says, well, you know, you say, Pastor Jason, but God has not given us a spirit of fear. Yeah, that's true. Not a spirit of fear, which is anxiety or fear as it is from the enemy. But the fear of the Lord is healthy. It's in not wanting to be separated from him. It's wanting to live a life different, separated for him. And the fear of the Lord, as, as Becky just said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of a whole bunch of stuff, it says in the Bible. Knowledge and wisdom, favor, so many things. And we're probably going to spend some time on this after this series because 
I know there's a book out by John Bevere called The All of God, and I believe that God is moving across the United States. We know he's, stuff's going on in Kentucky and other places, but I believe we as a church need to understand the fear of the Lord better, understand it more, and walk in it, and understand it. And when we see something that says, mm, that seems tempting from a worldly perspective, that we can say, uh-uh, God doesn't want me to deal with that. I don't want any part of that. Verse 3, among whom also we were once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, listen to this, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. You know, we think of these, you know, we think of the desires of the flesh, you know, whether it be lust or eating or all the different things that people struggle with and have challenges with that the Lord is working on and working through, but it also says of the mind. And I believe in today's, techno- today's technology world, there is this, this wanting information, and your mind just wants to look at stuff and scroll, the death scroll, right? How many of you got caught in the death scroll on social media, right? You're just like, you're like, oh my gosh, I've been doing that for 25 minutes. What the heck just happened? It, this is what happened. This is what happened. It were fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. The mind wants information. That's how it was created. But it doesn't want worldly information, actually. It wants godly information. So fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind were by the, the nature children of wrath, just as the others. Verse 4. But God. It's like my favorite two words in the Bible. Right, because every time you're reading something that happens before the but God and the promise that comes along with it is something I'm, I'm working on, you're working on, we're challenged with, we're just like, oh my gosh, like what's going on here? But God, but God who was rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he loved us so much. He loved us so much. He wants you to know this morning that he loves you and he's pleased with you. And he made us alive together with Christ. Can we get a hold of that revelation? He made us alive together with Christ. He seated us with Christ in the heavenly places. So our spiritual being, our spiritual being, not our earthly being, our spiritual being is seated with Christ. Come on. If we would walk in that, if we would walk in the understanding of it, we wouldn't hesitate to use our authority. Be like, Jesus is right next to me. Like, come on. If you were walking around with Jesus, legit, like literally, like Jesus was with you. Here's Jesus. I feel like maybe he's about my height. I don't know. This was many years ago when people were a little bit shorter. Right? So I feel like, like I, feel, I feel connection with Jesus. Yeah? I have no idea. I'm making this up. Okay. So if you're like legit walking with Jesus, like he's your best buddy, he's your friend, you are seated with him, and you came across a situation in which the believer's authority needed to be taken place, and he just looked over at you, what would you do? <laughs> yeah. Jesus, help me. He'd be like, no, I already have helped you. I'm right here. I'm with you. I never leave you. I never forsake you. You're seated with me at the right hand. I've given you all the power and authority over the devil, over the enemy, so go use it. 
We have to get this revelation when we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We're literally, you're like, I can't wrap my head around that. You don't have to wrap your head around it. Your spirit knows it. Your spirit understands it. And we need to walk in, in this understanding that our spirit man is the one who needs to be in control. But God, but God, but God. Verse 5. I'm sorry, verse 6. And raised us up together. Here it is, church. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Look at the words that Paul uses there. And made us sit. It's like, church, you don't have a choice. Now in your mind, you're thinking you're somewhere else. You're thinking you're lower. You're like, well, I'm not a pastor. Well, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a teacher. I'm not this or I'm not. He made us, all of us, every single person that hears my voice who's accepted Jesus Christ and their Lord and Savior, he made you sit together with him in the heavenly places. It means if you've been a believer for one day or 50 years, you are still seated with Jesus in heavenly places. And we talked last week this analogy about we're having like the doctorate level class of the believer's authority, like we're getting deep into this. Do you know that on day one when you get your doctorate, you're as much of a doctor as someone who has practiced medicine for 50 years? You're still a doctor. So don't think because you're a newer Christian or not as experienced with this, or maybe I don't under, understand all the nuances of it, but what, Pastor, what if I say the wrong words when I'm trying to use my believer's authority? What God is trying to do is activate us. Use your words and speak. He knows what's coming from your heart. If you mess up something theologically, but you believe in your heart by faith that God's going to move in this situation, I guarantee you he's going to move. He's not going to be like, hmm, Jason... Hold on a second. You missed some theology here. You know, you, you really used this word. You were praying to God, and you weren't praying to Jesus. And so, like, what? Like, God is not, he, this religious spirit of us uh, that we all tr- sometimes come, come under, that we have to have it all perfect. We have to have it all just right. We have to do all the right things. We have to say the right things. And if I read my Bible and I prayed for exactly 13 to 15 minutes, I'm feeling pretty good around that range, right? And then, you know, if I get on my knees when I pray, then I'm really, t- I'm really doing some business now. And if I get into a closet somewhere, if I got into the closet, in my prayer closet, and I was in there for 20 minutes, oh my gosh, God's really going to move on my behalf now. I can use my believer's authority everywhere I go. What the Lord is saying is that's just having confidence in him. You can have the same confidence when you wake up every single morning saying, I am a believer. I am seated at the right hand with Jesus Christ. He has given me all authority, and I can use it right now in Jesus' name. That's what we have to believe. There's no formula of how many scriptures you got to read before you do it. He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Jake, if you want to come back up here. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. 
and that not of yourselves, this is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's a gift. And why is it this gift? For we are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus for what kind of works? For good works. He wants to use us. Will you be ready to be used? Will you be activated this morning again to take the authority that God has given you over situations that are occurring in your life? We're his workmanship creating in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. He has knitted us together. He has called each of us to a certain place into our families, but he has called us into a position of authority in the kingdom. You know, over in, in Europe, they have royal families, right? They have kings and queens and princes and princesses. And when that person is born into a royal family, no matter how little they are, no matter how young they are, it doesn't matter. They're royalty. And I believe God wants us to understand this morning that when you've accepted Jesus, you are now part of His family. And because you are part of His family, you are now royalty. You are royalty. And you have access to the same power and authority that Jesus Christ walked in when he was on this earth. You have access to the riches of his kingdom. And I want us to be activated this morning to walk in that understanding that we are in his kingdom, we are his workmanship, we're in his family, and church, we are royalty. Can you say that with me? I am royalty. Yes. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that this morning? You're not just a sinner saved by grace. You're not just this person who made some mistakes this morning before coming here. Here I am. You are more than that. You are born now into royalty because of what Jesus has done. I've never talked to someone from the royal family, but I can imagine that if you talked with them, they're not so concerned about money. They're not concerned about anything else. The only thing that concerns them is being in their place of authority within the royal family. They've been given a responsibility. They've been given a title. We, too, have been given a responsibility. And we too have been given a title. We are part of his kingdom. So bow your heads with me this morning. I just want to pray a prayer of activation again over us out of Ephesians 2 this time. Just want this to settle in your hearts. Just receive it this morning. I want you to know and realize 
you are now part of a royal family and the authority that comes with that. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have made us alive. You have made us alive. Every one of us who were dead in our trespasses and sins. That we walked according to the course of this world. We walked according to the prince of the power of the air. We conducted ourselves in ways that were not of you. But God, the, the Bible says. Father, we thank you. But God, Lord, you are rich in mercy. We thank you for your great love for us. We thank you, Lord, that even though we were dead in our trespasses, you have made us alive together with your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we are raised up together with him and that we sit with him in heavenly places. Father, that we thank you that from in the ages to come, you will show your exceeding riches of your grace and your kindness towards us. We thank you, Lord, that it has been by grace we have been saved through faith and not of our own works, but that it truly is a gift from you. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we are your workmanship. We were created in Christ Jesus for good works in which you prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, Father, we are activated this morning understanding our position so that we can take the authority you have given us. Father, may we all leave here with a greater understanding of our identity in you and the position of royalty in which we sit. And Lord, that you would continue to encourage and give us the courage to use the believer's authority each and every day and in every circumstance and situation. Lord, may we make this a way of our Christian living. That we don't just read the Bible and pray and worship, but we activate the believer's authority on a daily basis over situations in our lives. And we thank you for it in your precious name. Amen. I want to activate it this morning one more time by doing it with you. So if you've got a situation or a circumstance in your life, we're going to speak to it now. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. For it is written, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Because you are bound, Satan, you and all your demonic forces may not come against us, may not come against our marriages, against our children, against our finances, against our property, against our pets. None of it in Jesus' name. Satan, you are bound away from us and our families, and we are covered and we are cleansed with the blood of Jesus. And we sit in heavenly places with you, Lord. And so, Satan, you may not kill, you may not steal, you may not destroy us or our property in Jesus' name. And I remind you, devil, that you are defeated and that we are victorious in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, guys, we have some small group leaders that are going to come up here. They can pray with you. If you've got any prayer that you need over your life, over a situation, they'll be up here.
I don't have a benediction today because I've already prayed the benediction over you guys. So we love you guys. Have an incredible week. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen.